Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to the episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about the latest episode of the uh, TV series uh, Star Wars, The Book of Boba Fett, um, which, uh, uh, as you may know, uh, is a, uh, a spin-off, uh, as well as a, a sequel to the very successful Disney Plus Star Wars uh, live-action television series, The Mandalorian. Um, but the book of Boba Fett um, is slightly different. Um, it um, picks up the story of uh, Boba Fett, uh, who's played by uh, the great um, uh, the great New Zealand actor uh, Tamira Morrison. Um, and it revolves around Boba Fett uh, after the events um of the the of season two of the Mandalorian, which Boba Fett starred in, uh, he was reintroduced uh, into uh, the franchise in that season. Um, and um, the first episode of uh, the book of Boba Fett, uh, I spoke about when it first came out. Um, uh, the episode was called um, "Stranger in a Strange Land." It was uh, chapter one, and I, uh, like many of the Star Wars fans, uh, have been watching the Book of Boba Fett uh, week to week. And um, the episodes up till this week uh, told the story of Boba Fett um, through um, the um, the use of uh, flashbacks while uh, Boba Fett was in his uh, um, bathroom. Bath- uh, tank I think it's called um, Bathta tank uh, which he uses to uh, revitalize himself and regenerate himself because um, as a result of his time in the Sarlacc pit um, he uh, was severely his skin was severely um, burnt and he suffered um, physically so the, the Bathta tank um has been um used in the series um to rejuvenate revitalize Boba Fett's body but it has also been used as a um as an instrument um in the series to allow us the viewer to see the um the events of Boba Fett's life uh post him uh, uh, releasing himself from the the Sarlacc um, as well as um, seeing the events of um, what he did after he um, he party waged with Mandalorian uh, when he went off on his own well went off with uh, the character Fennec Shand uh, who's played by uh, Ming-Na Wen who is uh, an elite mercenary and assassin? Um, who we we also saw um, in the Mandalorian, um, um, and of course the character has, has appeared uh, in um, animation uh, in the uh, in the Bad Batch um, Star Wars animated TV series. Uh, but um, yeah, Fennec Shan was introduced in live action in in the Mandalorian um, in the episode. Uh, the Gunslinger, I believe. Um, but yeah, so the Book of Boba Fett has basically been telling the story um, of Boba Fett um, in flashbacks, telling the story of um, what he did after he released himself from the Sarlacc Pit, uh, his in his encounters with the uh, the Sand People, um, the the Tuscan Raiders uh, who live on the the on the planet Tatooine, which is where the majority uh, of the Mandalorian, um, sorry, uh, the Book of Boba Fett is set, um, and yeah, over the last month, we we've seen uh, Boba Fett um, dealing with um, him taking over the, uh, the the crime of Tatooine. He's took over the the throne uh, that was once 
um, held by um, by Jabba the Hutt, um, who you may have seen if you're a fan of the, the original trilogy, Star Wars um, movies. Um, he was killed um, on the, uh, the sail barge um, that was hovering over the Sarlacc pit in uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, which... Um, and after he was killed, at the same time he was killed, he was strangled by Princess Leia. Um, that was when um, Boba Fett fell into the Sarlacc pit and he remained there for an uh, un, um, undeterred, um, unexplained amount of time. Um, some have said um, that it could have been hours, could have been days, um most likely it wasn't years because I think the, the time span in between um, when Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc pit and when he met uh, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, was I think about three years or five years, something around that, that time. Um, but in any case, so the last month we've seen Boba Fett take over, um, basically throw down the gauntlet. Um, and saying to everybody, all the other crime um, syndicates that he is taking control. Um, you know he's in charge, and we've we've seen him. We've seen the backstory, as I say, him speaking with the the Tuscan Raiders. We found out that he had a very close association with a um, with a group of Tuscan Raiders, a, a tribe, um, and that's when he. Um, gained a, a new lease of life. He also gained a new aspect and a new perspective on life. And it was during his time with the Tuscan Raiders and uh, after seeing them be slaughtered um, and completely wiped out, this is uh, what spurred him on to want to start a, um, a tribe of his own um, so that he could... Um, do things right uh, in the place of um, people who he believed were doing it completely wrong. Um, but um, yeah, so it's been interesting over the last month. Um, but I uh, I have to admit that, um, and I'd, I have to admit, I'm going to say it, that it didn't meet my expectations, the series thus far. Um, we've still got two more episodes to go, but I know I'm not alone in that. Um, but the problem is, I don't know what my expectations were, and I don't know what the expectations of other people were, but I just know that the series that we've got is definitely different to, uh, what I believed we were going to get. Some people, uh, hoped that, uh, Boba Fett would go off Tatooine, he would do things he would go to other places um that uh, may have been mentioned um in the star wars universe but really uh and it's been really speculated by a lot of people that that um the that person the person who boba fett has been portrayed as being within the star wars comics has in a way been transferred onto the character of the Mandalorian, uh, Din Djarin, um, who's played by Pedro Pascal. So, in live action, Boba Fett's story is now, um, is now happening in a different way to how people who are familiar with the, the canon of Boba Fett within the Star Wars universe that had been told within the the Star Wars comics, um, um, you know, happened. So now, but now we're seeing we're seeing what happened to Boba Fett, um, and I think personally, I mean, I suppose the question is before the Mandalorian. Before the book of Boba Fett, all that anybody knew about Boba Fett, uh, we um, gleaned from watching 
the Empire Strikes Back and the Return of the Jedi uh, Star Wars movies. That's who Boba Fett is. You know, this moody bounty hunter who we first got introduced to when um, he was um, being lined up with some of the bounty hunters and he's speaking with Darth Vader. And he was basically sent out to capture um, um, the Millennium Falcon, track, capture, bring uh, Captain uh, Solo, Han Solo, um, back to Darth Vader. And then he, aboard the, um, the Slave One, his uh, fire spray gunship, went off and uh, one thing led to another and he was able to track... Uh, the Millennium Falcon, all the way to Cloud City. Uh, he was able to give the location of the Millennium Falcon and, and Han Solo and Chewbacca and Princess Leia uh, to Darth Vader so that he could um, plan and carry out a trap to draw Luke Skywalker to Cloud City so that he could confront him and tell him that he was his father. Um, but anyway... So getting back to Boba Fett, um, what did we really know about Boba Fett? Not much. Um, and in the animated um, Clone Wars TV series, uh, we got to learn more about who Boba Fett was and what he was doing after the events of um, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, where we got introduced to Boba Fett as a child. Uh, we it was um, explained to us that he was a perfect um, clone of his father, uh, Jango Fett, um, who was responsible for training the clone troopers, the the uh, um, the clone troopers that were created by the um, um, on the the planet Kamino by the Kaminoans. And basically, um, Django Fett was the genetic template that was used to create this clone army of the Republic. And he was instrumental in training the clones. Um, and they all looked just like Django Fett, uh, also played by Tamara Morrison. Um, yeah, so we, we, we saw uh, Boba Fett. Um, and as, as a child, learning how... The the the, uh, the slave one was uh, piloted and what it was capable, um, and he got to see his father's death uh, at the at the the hands or should I say at the 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 end of the lightsaber, um, of um, of Mace Windu, um, uh, played by Samuel Jackson, and um, we see flash backs uh on occasion of boba thinking back to that time um when um he uh picked up the helmet of his father uh, after his father his father had been um beheaded um so a lot of these memories and experiences that he's had definitely do weigh on his mind and um they they are definitely a scar on his uh on his um, on his thoughts, um, but as I say, apart from that, what did we really know about Boba Fett um, other than what was on screen? So the book of Boba Fett has really shown us a different side to Boba Fett. We he's definitely someone who you wouldn't want to um, trifle with. Uh, he would definitely, um, you know, he would definitely someone who would uh not let you get away if he was tracking you or if he um he was in a fight with you then he would never stop until he was um the victor uh but we've definitely seen a um a different side to him uh, mostly because of his experiences with the tuscan raiders uh who he shared um as i say a great affinity with and he spent a lot of spent years with them you know and he became part of their tribe um yeah so um but in the present day um he's tried to become a crime lord uh, he's tried to take over 
you know the 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 governance the um the he's basically like the, the mob boss he wants to be the mob boss of all these other crime families uh but for some people um they they've liked some episodes they've liked some scenes from other episodes but they haven't liked the entire thing um and it's been very disjointed so this week um in this chapter in this episode that was released this week chapter five which is entitled return of the mandalorian i and every other star wars fan who got the chance to watch it when it was first released on disney plus um were surprised and delighted to discover that this chapter didn't even um feature boba fett at all uh fennec shan does turn up briefly at the end but this week's chapter this week's episode of the book of boba fett is a mandalorian episode and that's an interesting choice that they made uh because dinjarin this is dinjarin's story um and i suppose it was only done this way so that dinjarin could be a part of the posse if you catch my meaning um that boba fett um had planned to put together to bring an end to the the pike syndicate which is this very powerful uh galactic um uh crime family who are trying to take over all the crime uh on tatooine and they've been very instrumental in influencing several um different groups to attempt to assassinate boba fett so boba fett um came up with uh, a plan with Fennec Shan to uh, gather together uh, some muscle. And that's how they described it. And one of those people that they wanted um, to um, to bring into the fold to and to help them was the Mandalorian Din Djarin. And this week's episode, we get to see Fennec Shan meet up with Din Djarin. But prior to that, as I say, for the 99.9% of the episode. This is an episode about the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Din Djarin, Um And it, it's also a, a direct sequel. To the events of the. The last episode of the. Uh, of season two. Of the Mandalorian. Uh, during which we saw. Din Djarin have to. Say goodbye to. Uh, Grogu. Uh, who was uh, taken with Luke Skywalker to be trained as a Jedi and um, to be shown the ways of the the Force. And um, but over the course of the Mandalorian, both season one and season two, um, Din Djarin and Grogu had um, had forged a a an inseparable and um, strong bond between them. And uh, it was hard for Din Djarin to say goodbye to Grogu. But um, he felt like he had to because it was in his best interest to, for Grogu to be trained as a Jedi by a Jedi, being Luke Skywalker. So after he left, after Grogu left and he went with Luke Skywalker and R2-D2... Um, it appears that Dinjarin went back to what he did best, uh, being a bounty bounty hunter. We see at the beginning of the episode him tracking and uh, killing a, a bounty that he's been tracking, uh, and he goes on to deliver the the bounty's head to the person who um, who uh, took out the bounty on this on this person, um, but. The majority of this this episode is um, a great deal of ex- exposition uh, between Dinjarin, the Mandalorian, uh, the Armorer, uh, who we got introduced to in the Mandalorian as well, um, who's played by Emily Swallow. Uh, we get reintroduced to um, uh, the, the the character of um, 
Paz Vizsla, um, who uh, is a character that um, has a, a, a connection to characters that have previously appeared within the Star Wars universe. Um, at one point, the Vizsla family um, were in possession of the Dark Saber, which is basically a black lightsaber that was forged by <clears throat> excuse me um someone um who goes back in the Vizsla family he was a uh, mandalorian but also a jedi so he um constructed his own lightsaber and it's called the the dark saber uh in the the last episode of the mandalorian season two Din Djarin, uh, um, defeated Moff Gideon in hand-to-hand -hand combat and won the Darksaber from Moff Gideon uh, played by uh, Carlo Esposito um, so he um, because he's um, he has the Darksaber that means that he is the true ruler of Mandalore but at this point in the timeline and as a result of the the empire mandalore the planet mandalore and a planet that had only previously only been seen within the animated tv series um clone wars and also in rebels i think um mandalore is in very bad state it was bombed from orbit um by the empire um they we see uh, a scene in in this episode when they sent down um, their own uh, battle droids to uh, kill any survivors that may um, uh, have not been killed um, because of the the uh, aerial bombardment. Um, so, and then there's a lot of people have mentioned that uh, the scene when when you see these these battle droids uh, walking across the now uh, irradiated um, surface of Mandalore and very reminiscent and very um, very remind very reminds you of uh, the scene from Terminator 2 where you see the the Terminators uh, coming across the charred earth um, after the the nuclear war that had been begun by the uh, by Skynet uh against humanity um and yeah so we get a we get get a great deal of exposition great deal of history about what it means to be a mandalorian uh why the the mandalorians um the 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 covert um that we first uh got introduced to in season one of the mandalorian which of which uh the the armorer was um the the appeared to be the leader of um and they only survived because they were off world uh when the um aerial bombardment um um occurred on Mandalore and the armorer explains that um that their uh, civilization is now um was now um is now extinct basically apart from a very small number of mandalorians um and um she asks uh Dinjaran if he ever removed his helmet and um in their um uh tradition the mandalorians of the the covert um of which uh Dinjaran is a member of they follow the um the way of the Mandalore and the way of the Mandalore is um, says that no one could ever remove their helmet if they're a Mandalorian. Uh, but because Din Djarin has done this, he removed his helmet uh, when he said goodbye to Grogu in the last episode of the Mandalorian season two. And he admits this to uh, the armorer. Um, she tells him that um, he is no longer a Mandalorian. Um, and that, um, the only way, uh, for him to, 
once again be um, accepted as a Mandalorian is to travel to Mandalore um, and go into the uh, under the, the the mines underneath Mandalore and go through several trials to really um, um, allow him to attain the 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 identity that he has known all all his life since he was a kid since he was found by Death Watch uh, who were an extreme group of Mandalorians who were very um very strict in how they um how they lived and how how they saw the world and their perspectives on on what it means to be a mandalorian uh, and one of those was of course um not revealing your face to anybody else uh keeping your helmet on at all times um uh and as a result of this um Paz Vizsla um, who is one of the only remaining um, Mandalorians, along with the Armorer and um, Din Djarin. He uh, challenges Din Djarin to a duel for the, the Darksaber, um, and if he gets possession of it, he will now be the, the true and entitled ruler of Mandalore once again, um, or, and allowing his family to once again have the... Uh, the um, prestigious um um n- notoriety of being once again ruler of of mandalorians um but um dinjarin um defeats uh paz Vizsla, um but um it's as I say, you know, he's he's told by the armorer that he has to go back to Mandalore. He has to accomplish certain things um, before he can truly be accepted back into uh, into um, the Watch Death Watch's um, eyes. Um, but one person is missing from the side of Din Djarin, and that is, of course, Grogu. Uh, also known as Baby Yoda, because he is from the same species as uh, Jedi Master Yoda from the original um, series of um, films, and also the prequels. Um, and also, he also appeared in um, the Last Jedi, um, one of the sequel uh, trilogy films. Um, and he's, of course, with Luke, as I said, Luke Skywalker being trained. But he is always in the mind of Dinjarin. Dinjarin is constantly thinking about Grogu, who he sees as a son um, in many respects. Um, so um, Dinjarin he um, he decides to melt down the um, the spear that uh, he uh, that he was given by um, Ahsoka Tano in. Um, the uh, Mandalorian uh, season two episode, uh, which is entitled "The Jedi," um, which is made out of um, Beskar, this spear, um, and he uh, chooses to melt it down so that it could be converted into what appears to be some kind of um, chainmail or something. Uh, but the the little pouch, the where the the chainmail appears to be put into um we, a lot of people have noticed that how it was tied um in this um a pouch it's very reminiscent of the appearance of grogu um and he's dinjarin is um intending to meet up with grogu um and give him this gift that he has uh, forged for him uh but uh before that happens uh dinjarin um uh leaves um uh where um the remaining mandalorians are which is on this ring like um uh structure very reminiscent of the the ring from the halo 
video game series but um, the difference with this one is it's that it's kind of like a half ring um the 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 inhabitants live on uh but really really impressive really uh really well done um um yeah so dinjarin travels from from there to tatooine um where he uh once again um uh talks with uh, the character uh peli motto uh who's a character uh who's a, a fan favorite in fact um who was uh introduced in um in the mandalorian um in the the episode the the gunslinger i think firstly and then we've seen her um subsequently um and she's played by the the actress and comedian uh, amy uh, sadaris um uh and in this chapter in this episode um but um dinjarin goes to pelimoto um who uh, works on on tatooine because he's uh in search of a new ship to use so that he can travel to go and see grogu um but and he's he's very interested in getting another razor crest uh to replace the razor crest ship that he previously had which was destroyed by moff gideon um in season two uh of uh the mandalorian in the episode uh the tragedy i think it was um uh, when uh the one in which um grogu was kidnapped by moff gideon and the dark troopers and um then dinjarin had to uh stage a uh a, a mission to go and rescue grogu um but yeah so dinjarin goes to see uh pelimoto and um instead of um giving him what he asked for she instead uh reveals that she has another kind of ship that uh he may like and the ship that she uh offers him is a an old n1 starfighter and the n1 starfighter uh in uh, as far as i'm concerned hasn't been seen since uh the 1999 star wars film episode one uh phantom menace and um i absolutely loved seeing this uh this edition the, it looked to be the starfighter looked very similar to the one that anakin skywalker piloted in um the phantom menace um in the the battle um that occurred uh, above the the planet of naboo um against the uh, the trade federation starship and their um fighters so it brought back a lot of memories uh for me and uh, apparently for all those other fans who watching have been watching the episode thus far and who also got flashbacks to um the the phantom menace as well and that famous scene with Anakin Skywalker who who was only a child at that time uh, who was basically learning to to part to pilot this starfighter on the fly um but uh yeah so but this N1 starfighter is in very bad condition it needs a lot of repairs that need to be made um a lot of components that are missing uh but Pelimoto uh tells Dinjarin that she will assist in the rebuilding of this N1 starfighter and together they fix and modify the starfighter um with the, the uh, assistance of um her the pit droids that she has uh, assisting her um in her workshop on on Tatooine and also um the jawas uh, also um are um instrumental in delivering some vital components that are um necessary for the repair and then once it's fully repaired and also modified uh with things that the that the starfighter would not originally have had um in installed within it um dinjarin takes it out for a test flight he takes it into um through um beggar's canyon uh which is um and through several of the um 
um, scenes, scenery that we, we got to see in the um, the Phantom Menace. So a lot of this episode was had several callbacks to the prequel era of um, Star Wars films, which is uh, really great to, to see. Um, in fact, the, I think the entire episode was just absolutely universally considered to be one of the best. Um, I've heard it said that um, this episode might have been the worst episode of the Book of Boba Fett, but it was one of the best episodes of The Mandalorian that they've ever seen. Because realistically, it, it, it is an episode of The Mandalorian. Um, but um, there were so many, so many great scenes. Uh, so many great callbacks. So many great interactions. Um, you know, the the, 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 the moment when uh, Din Djarin, he's in orbit of Tatooine. And um, he gets um, and two... Uh, New Republic starfighters uh, come up alongside him and uh, um, they question him and uh, they ask him for his registration and um, when they ask him if he could answer any questions that they may have he uh, pushes the button and he uh, darts away and uh, then he returns to Pelimoto and um, um, then uh, he uh, Fennec Shan turns up, um, asking Din Djarin for his assistance in the upcoming war that Boba Fett uh, is planning to wage upon the uh, the Pike Syndicate. Um, but uh, in the, the closing um, minutes of the the episode, uh, Din Djarin says that he will indeed help Boba Fett and uh, Fennec Shan, but first. He needs to pay a, a visit to his former foundling, Grogu. So, um, it's been speculated that perhaps we may get to see Grogu in the next episode of The Book of Boba Fett. We may get to see Luke Skywalker. We may get to see um, some other surprise uh, characters. Um, and that's really exciting. Um but um, and I it really I think one thing that this episode has done is make people realise just how much they've missed the Mandalorian, how much they've missed the character of Din Djarin, um, how much they've missed Grogu, and um, yeah, it's done a really this episode has done a really great job of of um, hyping up the the upcoming season of the Mandalorian season three. Is due to be released this uh, this year at some point. Um, so yeah, that's what it's really done. And in a way, sadly, um, it has really made some Star Wars fans realise just how much they did not need to see of Boba Fett. Uh, maybe perhaps um, the uh, the um, the seven episode season uh, is too is too long. Um, that it, that the story of the book of Boba Fett did not need to be told over so many episodes. It could have perhaps been told within the series of the Mandalorian in some ways. Um, but, you know, I have enjoyed some parts of uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I've been, I enjoyed seeing Boba Fett uh, when he was with the, the Tuscan Raiders, when he was learning their, their ways, when he was, um, you know, he was going through a, uh, a journey of self-discovery, of trying to learn who he really is, other than who he's always known or who he's always been told that he was um he really we discover re that he became a bounty hunter mainly because his father was a bounty hunter we discover that he took on the helmet and the mantle of his of being a mandalorian wearing mandalorian armor because his father wore mandalorian armor even though he painted boba fett painted his armor um 
green and red and, and black. Whereas um, Django Fett's was more chrome-like, uh, very similar to that of the Mandalorian uh, Din Djarin's. But, um, but yeah, and you know, but I, I think Boba Fett is a very interesting character. You could say previously that he was very one-dimensional character. He was a bounty hunter, an assassin, you know. Um, but one one thing that the book of Boba Fett has done is stripped down Boba Fett in in many ways uh, to show that who we thought Boba Fett was is has has gone. That that Boba Fett has changed. He's trying something different. He's trying something new. He wants to become something other than a bounty hunter. And for a lot of people, that has been very jarring. Um, they see that this is not their Boba Fett. This is not who Boba Fett really is. But Boba Fett has been through a near-death experience. Um, you know, when he fell into the Sarlacc pit, um, and the Sarlacc is this, you know, um, thousands of year old um, creature that lives under the sands of Tatooine who can, can take thousands of years for him to digest whatever has fallen um, down its throat and into its, its, its stomach. So it has a very long digestive system, uh, digestive process. Um, so he, you know, he's he's been scarred both physically, psychologically, um, and his experience falling into the Sarlacc pit, um, finding a way out, um, then being rescued by the Tuscan Raiders. This has all changed him, and that's what we've we've really seen in the book of Boba Fett. And um, you know, um, everything that we've seen him do in the past, as well as in the present storyline of the book of Boba Fett, seems to be him finding. You know, a, a new group of people um, who is, is basically a, a family to him, a tribe, something that he's he's wanted um, all his life. Um, because when he was a kid, all he had was um, um, his his dad, uh, Django Fett. Um, he never got to meet um, his sister, Omega. Um, um, he spent time with the Kaminoans, but, you know, um, things were kept from him and, um, you know, he, he grew up, as he grew up, he grew up, um, trying to be something and trying to be someone that, as I say, he thought he had to be and he did what he thought he had to do. And then one thing led to another. He took on the, 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 the armor of his father, the Beskar armor of his father, he became a Mandalorian in 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 a, in a way. Um, but um, yeah, so th- that's really what the Book of Boba Fett has been has been doing. It's been stripping the character. It's been reinterpreting the character, um, reintroducing the character of Boba Fett, um, and. For some people, as I say, it's been very jarring. They've not enjoyed the majority of what they've seen in the Book of Boba Fett. Um, some scenes they've seen as um, having no um, no context. Some that um, they question the creative choices of the the the, the producers of the of the series. But as I say, for me. I've loved them. The, the vast majority of the series, uh, I've, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I think it, you know it's a slow burn. Um, the pace is slower than some might expect, and some might have liked um, in a, a Star Wars um, series. Um, but you know, it remains to be seen what the the ultimate um, end game uh, of the of Boba Fett and the entire series is going to be because it's all been leading up to um, all of the chapters, all of the episodes thus far of the series have all been building up to this confrontation of um, between Boba Fett, 
and um, the the other crime families that he um, is at the head of, um, and him and they uh, coming into conflict with the Pike Syndicate, who is um, comparatively more powerful. Their influence spreads throughout entire um, star systems and planets all across the, the galaxy. So this is what Boba Fett is coming up against. So that's why he uh, ultimately um, comes to the conclusion that he needs to gather together um, some muscle so that he can take down the the Pike Syndicate and um, um, for once and for all um, put down his flag on Tatooine and say that he is, you know... He's in charge of Tatooine. He's in charge of the the crime, and the and the underworld, and um, everything else. Everything that happens on on Tatooine um, is uh, is that is because he he wills it. But um, really, I think Boba Fett is. We've we've discovered that Boba Fett is he's still trying to find out who he is. He's he's trying to start something new. He's trying to be someone new, but. Is that really his destiny? Is that really what he's meant to do? Yet again, I say, you know, he's still wearing the um, the armor of his father. He's still walking. He's trying to walk a new path. He's trying to be someone else. But ultimately, will he have to give up his armor to be who he really wants to be? Or... Um, and it may, as I say, it remains to be seen what the ultimate conclusion of the series will be, um, and who Boba Fett will be at the end. Because um, you know, some people I've heard have speculated that perhaps by the end of the series, Boba Fett will have given up his armor. Um, he will choose to be the crime lord that he wants to be. He will have this new group. This um family underneath him that he will be um at the the head of um but um it's still uh um remains to be seen what's going to happen in the the last couple of episodes of the series but um uh one thing that um we already know because we've seen it in this week's episode is that Din Djarin is definitely going to be a part um of the posse um that um Boba Fett is uh is gonna have to to fight against the, the Pike Syndicate. Um so I'll have to wait and see what happens next week. Um but the reason why I haven't been reviewing and and f- um following along with all of the episodes of the Book of Boba Fett on the podcast doing a review of every episode as I did previously with the Mandalorian is that you know a lot of people have been doing that on the internet and I've been listening and watching reviews you know on Spotify and on on YouTube of um Star Wars fans who have been um going through every minute of every episode of every chapter of the book of Boba Fett and critiquing it and you know, um, observing the things that have uh, popped up in it, um, several callbacks to um, characters who have appeared in other mediums within the Star Wars uh, canon um, in comics, um, most notably um, Black Chrysanthemum, who is a, uh, a Wookiee, who is a renowned fighter, and a gladiator, um, who is known for his um, prowess as a, as a as a fighter, as I say, in the the um, the uh, on, on Tatooine, especially. Uh, so there have been several um, aspects and several characters and several details that have uh, that we've seen throughout the the episodes that have really um, gripped many fans, but and me also, but uh, as a um, as a complete story, um, people have questioned the the pace of the episodes, the the true um, modus operandi of 
Boba Fett, you know, how he's been uh, attempting to um, keep a hold of his power over these crime syndicates. Um, and he's been very passive um, for the most part, Boba Fett. He hasn't been as ruthless as people expected him to be. He hasn't been as violent. You know, he's done things at a a very um, quiet, uh, tempered pace, which is something that people didn't expect. But as I say, that's I suppose that's just who Boba Fett is now. You know, he he's he's still a fighter. He's still a a force to be reckoned with. He's someone that you wouldn't want to have a tussle with. Um, you know, he would definitely hold his hold his ground, but because of the the uh, the after effects of falling in the the sarlacc pit um you know he's um losing his armor finding himself living for years with the tuscan raiders you know that will have an effect on a person and um he's definitely um definitely different than he was previously so people and but as i say i think that's that's a, a great it's a great thing it shows character development for Boba Fett, but for um, several weeks, people didn't really understand why Boba Fett wanted to be a crime lord. Why did he want to be the head of all of these crime um, groups and you know, these crime families? What? Why? You know, and we we didn't really find out why until last episode uh, when he said that he wanted to. You know, start a, a have a new kind of family and start a clan of his own. Um, something that he enjoyed being a part of when he was with the the Tuscan Raiders, who were massacred, and who he um, he uh, meted out his wrath upon um, those that that slaughtered the Tuscan Raiders. Boba Fett, after he um, got the Slave One back. In last episode, we saw how he got the Slave One back after he infiltrated um, Jabba the Hutt's um, palace, um, previous to him taking over Jabba the Hutt's palace himself, uh, and then killing uh, Bib Fortuna, uh, who was um, on the throne of um, of the of the palace for for several years, um, which uh, who uh, Boba had a, a beef with, um, who. He didn't. He didn't like. Um, yeah. So and so. Yeah. Boba Fett. He. You know. He. He's one person you you don't want to to cross. You don't want to feel the wrath of. Um, so he's definitely there. He's definitely still got who he he's always been. But you know he's he's developed and he's evolved as a character. He's a different kind of character now. He's more moody in a way. He's more. Uh, contemplative um so for a lot of people that's been a bit you know jarring as i say but um i've enjoyed that it's not really jarred me i've i've enjoyed the the slower pace but i think there are just some aspects i think as a whole it's that it could have some people have said that they would rather have seen the the flashbacks the the events that took place immediately after boba fett um, climbed his way out of the Sarlacc pit. They would rather have seen those flashbacks and then seen the events of the the present play out, um, rather than um, see the events of the present and then see the events of the the flashbacks. Whenever Boba Fett goes in his uh, bath to tank and he you know has these flashes of memory, but so that's just been. That that that's something that some I've noticed that some people have uh, have said that has been um, a point of um, contention for them in regards to the series, but it's just different. And I suppose, and I expect that in in retrospect, when everybody has seen all of the episodes of the Book of Boba Fett, the the pace and the story structure will probably make um, a lot more sense. Um, and, uh, as I say, it remains to be seen how the, the story of the book of Boba Fett will ultimately conclude, 
but uh, now we know for certain that uh, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, will be a part um, of the the uh, the closing chapters of uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Um, but what will happen to Boba Fett? Um, it remains to be seen. Who else? Which of the characters uh, well known from the Star Wars universe will turn up? Uh, fingers crossed for Cad Bane, but uh, we'll see. Um, and we'll see if Grogu or Luke Skywalker turns up in the next episode. Um, I suppose anything's on the table. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. And um, I just had to talk about this episode, this week's episode um, of the man of I was going to say the Mandalorian, but. Um, even Pedro Pascal apparently when asked to describe the book of Boba Fett described the book of Boba Fett as the Mandalorian season 2.5 so and I suppose he only referred to it as that because he knew that he was going to be in it and that the Mandalorian Din Djarin was going to be in it um, so um, but that doesn't take anything away from the book of Boba Fett story uh, but as I say I think um people uh, are going to reserve most of their judgment of the series until the um the final episode has um has been shown and we get to enjoy the entire episode from beginning for the entire uh series and all of its chapters from beginning to end um and it's no it's not known if there'll be a, a second season of the book of boba fett but most people I'm guessing that there there won't be, but uh, we'll see, and um, remains to be seen if we'll see Boba Fett turn up in the Mandalorian season three. Um, but that's uh, um, as I say, um, all to be all to be uh, discovered. But uh, what I've loved about watching the book of Boba Fett, though, since um, the first episode, um, is just ha- just walking back and enjoying being in the Star Wars universe again. And, you know, this year, 2022, is going to be a year where there's going to be several live-action Star Wars TV series. You're going to have the Ahsoka show. There's going to be... Um, I think uh, Ahsoka's going to be coming out this year. I might be wrong. But we're definitely going to have the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series. That's going to be premiering soon. You know, there's... Um, the the uh, Cassian Andor TV series is going to be premiering this year. I think I think Ahsoka is going to be next year actually. But it, in any case, um, I think one thing that the Book of Boba Fett has done is really whetted the appetite of the fans who love immersing themselves in all of the the details and the worlds and the the characters of um, of Star Wars and. Um, and um yeah as i say it's really just a it's just a great time to be a star wars fan and it gives star wars fans something to talk about something to share something to enjoy week to week um and to uh, explain and analyze and come up with theories about and um that's what i love about um love about star wars at the moment is is the community you know a lot of people have differing opinions about what they see and what they want in star wars whether that's um characters um motivations development um music everything you know everything and anything is analyzed um, um by a great number of very passionate star wars fans and uh, they all have a um, a different uh, point of view. Some things that they they share the same um, sentiments on, but um, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And um, as I say, it's just great to be able to listen to Star Wars fans talk about Star new Star Wars content and theorize about what's going to happen next. And um, yeah, great great uh, content all round i would say um but yeah so i think i'm gonna leave it there for now um i don't know if i'll be covering the rest of the episodes of the book of boba fett or i'll wait until it concludes but uh 
we'll see. Uh, but I'm definitely enjoying the series, and I'll definitely be watching the rest of the episodes as I've been watching all of those previously. But uh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it there for now. Just want to say thank you for listening. Hope you like what you heard, and may the force be with you. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and uh, it's my great pleasure uh, to be able to announce to you uh, the publication of my new book of poetry, uh, which is entitled Poet of the Multiverse. Uh, now, Poet of the Multiverse is a collection of poems, um, some uh, that can be found on my website, markthepoet.me. Uh, however, some that can only be found exclusively within the pages of my new book, Poet of the Multiverse. Uh, however, one or two poems within um, you may have read if you've uh, read a copy of my first poetry collection, Poet of the Sphere. Uh, the intention of the poems within my new book, Poet of the Multiverse, uh, is to be a celebration of sorts. Uh, you see, it has been ten years since I got my first book, uh, Poet of the Sphere, published. And my journey as a writer from then to now has been incredible, amazing, unbelievable, fulfilling, gratifying and epic in so many ways. Uh, I've written 12 books since 2012, filled with poetry, short stories, novellas. However, no matter what I've written, poetry has always been my first love and the way that I choose to express myself and share the unfiltered inspiration within me. Since uh, 2022 marks the 10th anniversary of the publication of my first book, I decided to put together a brand new collection of poems that I hope give people an insight into who I am as a person, as a poet, as a writer, at the same time reflecting upon the poetic journey that I have been on since I first became an author. And uh, I hope that everybody enjoys reading every verse of the multitude of verses that can be found within the poems of my new book, Poet of the Multiverse. Um, just want to say that the paperback version of Poet of the Multiverse uh, will be out soon. Uh, but if you cannot wait to get yourself a copy, uh, then you can get a copy of the ebook version right now for Kindle. Uh, on Amazon uh, and all you need to do is just go to amazon.com uh, or amazon.co.uk if you're in the UK um, just search for um, Mark Hastings uh, or Poet of the Multiverse and I'm sure you will you will find um, the ebook version of um, of my new book and um, yeah it's been uh, been great putting together this collection and I really do hope that everybody who gets to um, pick up a copy or download a copy of my new book uh, enjoys uh, what they what they read um, and uh, yeah it's uh, it's been uh, a, a pleasure um, and um, an unbelievable experience um, being uh, a writer and an author over the last 10 years and um, I can't wait to find out for myself uh, what I'm going to write about next but uh, no matter what I write next uh, no matter what I do poetry will always be uh, a part of me it'll always be what I write what I think about uh, every day um, and uh, I always enjoy sharing every poem that I write and I hope that everybody who either reads or hears a poem that I've written enjoys uh, what they read and enjoys what they uh, hear. Um, so I just want to say um, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you like what you heard and uh, I hope you will choose to uh, get yourself a copy of my new book, Poet of the Multiverse. Hi everyone, this is Mark. So I hope you did enjoy what you heard in this episode of the podcast. And uh, if you did and uh, you would like to enjoy more of my content, um, I'm uh, 
a writer, I'm a poet, and I'm an author. Uh, I've written 11 books of uh, poetry uh, and short stories and uh, short novels. So if you're interested in reading some of my poems, my short stories, or uh, the stories within my novels, then you can check them out online on Amazon or um, from the, the Book Depository or online at uh, Barnes & Noble. And uh, if you want to check out some of my re most recent uh, poems, then if you head over to uh, markthepoet.me online, then you can check out some of my most recent poems and also some of the poems that I've written uh, in the past. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I hope you like what you heard and I'll touch you again soon.